in a world where blockbuster movies are made and enjoyed. Millions of people watch them, awards are won, careers are launched, cinematic works of greatness are produced each year, and these two knuckleheads haven't seen them. You're listening to The List We Missed, where we finally watch the movies that everyone else already has. Hi, AJ! Hey, Jackie! Hello, friends! Welcome to another episode of The List We Missed. Yeah! And we are concluding Sci-Fi July. Sci-Fi July. With Ready Player One from 2018. Right, Ready Player One. Uh, so surprisingly, really good. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed this one a whole lot too. Let's put out a brief disclaimer. Yeah. We have not read the book. There you go, and that's why we like the movie. We have heard from multiple sources that if you've read the book first and then saw the movie, you did not like the movie. But, on the flip side of that, I like the movie so much that I decided that I'm going to borrow the book from a friend and read the book. And, for those of you who know me personally, you know I can't read! <laughs> I'm also going to be reading the book. Very excited. Not unlike when we watched All the President's Men and I got super absorbed in all that and began to read the book All the President's Men. <laughs> uh, as soon as... Yeah, oh, okay. a, a couple of books ago. Okay. Um, as soon as I finish the current book that I'm reading, um, <laughs> yes, my, my next audiobook. I've already got it tagged on Libby. It is Ready Player One. I'm very excited to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie I knew was going to be kind of emotional for me. Um, oh, really? Just because of... I, I knew that there was a lot of nostalgia, and particularly 1980s nostalgia, and anybody that knows me personally knows that, like, I am the nostalgia junkie. Like, I'm that the is, one... That is... You are wearing a Ghostbusters t-shirt I as we speak. Ghostbusters t-shirt. Like, I, I am the one that still will just go on YouTube on Saturday morning, yeah. and I will watch the Saturday morning cartoons that I grew up with. Yep. I collect toys. I have actual 80s, like, plastic and tin lunchboxes. Like, this movie was kind of made for me yeah it kind of was uh it's like significantly so there were so many pop culture references both present day stuff and and retro stuff i mean i stupidly tried to start writing them down yeah that's pretty stupid that's extremely (laughs) stupid because the amount of pop culture references and easter eggs in this movie uh it's like hundreds I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous i mean i'm pretty sure this movie like definitely came out through uh warner brothers or something because there's just it was so- warner brothers was it okay it makes was, a lot of it's sense directed Cons- by steven spielberg so it's amblin entertainment warner brothers movie just considering how many how many things we saw in this film like and i know a lot of them and i was like okay i feel like this is heavily warner brothers <laughs> So there were a couple in there that I wasn't expecting to see, uh, and I'll talk about that when we get later in. But well, but, it's like uh, Freddie and Jason were in this movie, and they oh, I missed them. Yeah, their own. Oh no, wait, no, life. I did see. I saw Jason. I did see Freddie. Freddie is also in the very beginning okay. on Planet Doom. Okay. Um, you see him kind of jump up in the screen real quick, and then he's immediately killed. Okay, yeah. So it's very brief, but like. They're New Line Cinema. So yeah. it's like there's... I'm sure that they, you know... They went out and said, hey, can we borrow this IP? Yeah, there, there's there's so... I, I the, My first note, there are so many licensed properties. I've been told that the uh, book is also just as filled with yes. all this pop culture. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to read it. So, uh, basically, in a... Dystopian, dystopian future... future 
Uh, virtual reality is what everybody lives in. Mm-hmm. You know, the world sucks, so you might as well go here. There were two men, well, one guy and his partner that basically basically created the Oasis. Mm-hmm. And that is the virtual reality system that everyone lives in. Because real life sucks, so go live there. And the, the guy that created it, Halliday, he dies. And upon his death, he's like, oh, hey, kids, here's the deal. Um... <laughs> I have... There's an Easter egg. Contest! There's an Easter egg. Uh, It's basically like the Willy Wonka golden ticket. And he's like, go out, solve the challenges, get the keys. If you've got all three keys, you can get the Easter egg. And the Easter egg, once you've got that, you get to... You know, you get millions of dollars. You get complete control of the Oasis. Like, you get the chocolate factory, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, everybody... Is, is going after this stuff. And the story revolves around our main character, Percival, is his online handle. Percival. Which yeah. I thought was really, really cute because... Does that mean something? It does. So in the legend of King Arthur, uh-huh. Sir Percival is one of the knights that are going after the Holy Grail. And this egg is the Holy Got Grail. Okay. And the, so I like that his name was Percival. Okay, okay. Yeah. But yeah, and, and it's cute because, so Percival has, he has his online friends and he doesn't know them in real life. He knows nothing about them in real life, but there are these group of people that in the Oasis, it's your, it's your online friends. Yeah. And I know in this day and age, like I actually still have a few online friends that I've never met in person. You know, I know what they look like vaguely cause like, you know, Instagram or whatever, but like they're, they're essentially online only friends. Right. And I don't know, like it was just. There's there's a lot to unpack with this movie. So this movie is basically it's following mo- them, doing these challenges, and yeah. trying to get to the Easter egg. Yeah, and, and then through all these different trials and stuff, you eventually... I mean, like, for... for you eventually save the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, both online and offline, because, of course, there's always a greedy company out there who wants to desperately... You know, yeah. take control of everything. Yeah, they, there, there was one line that they said when we were first introduced to the uh, to the company. You know, we calculate that we can cover eighty percent of the viewing screen before inducing seizures. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it's like the number two tech company behind the Oasis is a company called IOI, yeah. and IOI has it's employed tons of people to try to go out and find the Easter egg because if they control both IOI and the Oasis, they have pretty much complete control of virtual reality. Mm-hmm. So they're, yeah, they're like the corporate bad guys in this movie. Yeah, but it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I, like, do, do we sit here and just talk about the, the, the film or do we just sit here and talk about all the pop culture? All the pop culture references? Like, what do we do? So like, I, I I have to... It, it, was, it was an overwhelming film because of how much there was, but it didn't at any point feel overwhelming. It did not. It also makes me want to go back and watch it again now that I've seen it once and I've absorbed oh, so, the plot so, you so I can pick stuff out. Yeah, not I, focus on the forefront, focus on the background. So I think one of my favorite pop culture references okay. of the whole movie okay. was when we had the Zemeckis cube. Yeah. So the Zemeckis cube is a Rubik's cube. Correct. And when it is solved, a little chime goes off mm-hmm. and it's the same chime that happens in Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Robert Zemeckis directed Back to the Future. And this cube, when you solve the Zemeckis cube and you hear the chime, 
you actually can go back in time for 60 seconds. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I also liked that that was incorporated because the guy that composed the music for this film mm-hmm. also composed the music for Back to the Future. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Alan Silvestri, maybe, I think his name Silvestri. is. Silvestri. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, side note that Back to the Future is a very important movie to me. Robert Zemeckis is my favorite director. He's up there with Tim Burton. So how much did you freak out during the first introduction of the race? Yeah. I was... I mean, he's... Got... got uh, Our main character, Percival, is in the DeLorean. Yeah. Complete with a flux capacitor. Now, with that said, my one complaint about this film is that there is no gosh darn ding dang way that they went five years Without somebody driving backwards on day one for the memes. There's no way. <laughs> no way that he was the first one to decide to go start driving backwards. No way. So our our main character has a love interest. Her name is Artemis. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to notice Artemis's vehicle in the race? It was a bike. I'm pretty sure it was Akira. It yeah. Was. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling. I had to stop myself from screaming. Akira? Oh, did you? I did. Because, <laughs> well, because I was watching this last night when you guys were playing. Oh. And Chad had the door open. Oh. And I didn't want to be, like, screaming Akira, screaming Akira while like, you guys were playing. Listen, if I, <laughs> if I caught that in the background, I might have been questioning what's happening. <laughs> Honestly, my thing, my gripe is, so, uh, one, the Percival's best friend, H, mm-hmm. in the virtual, in the Oasis, is in a big, giant monster truck. Bigfoot. Yeah. But it makes me sad because I personally like monster trucks Mm -hmm. and it makes me mad that it wasn't Gravedigger because Gravedigger is my favorite monster truck and probably... Wow, you're going that far. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, this whole movie references like late 70s, early 80s, throughout the 80s. Gravedigger was the king, especially in the 80s. So I just feel like Gravedigger was more appropriate than Bigfoot when we're going monster truck. I mean, unless, uh, you didn't okay. write the book or the screenplay. Maybe That's these people true. like the other one. Maybe. I just find it bananas because clearly Gravedigger is the awesome. Um, Gravedigger is the one I recognize. Also because it's green. So, like I remember seeing that in commercials and stuff. So I know, I, when you say Gravedigger, I know exactly what it looks yeah. like. I, I, some of my favorite parts in this movie, in that race scene, when Percival figures out that he has to go backwards, I absolutely love the visual that, uh, in my notes, I wrote that he is under the ride. Mm-hmm. Because it, it was almost like being at, like, Universal. Yeah. And getting yeah. to see, like, when something the goes wrong and they, like, and, yeah. flip the lights on kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's have pretty you, cool. Have you ever watched that kind of stuff on YouTube? A couple times. I find that so fascinating when, like, a ride, like, when a dark ride breaks down and they have to escort people off and yeah. they flip the lights on just to see all the and, mechanics. And all the immersion is just gone. <laughs> so, clearly, this movie is awesome. There were so many parts that were so good, but I think it's glaringly obvious that there was one part of this movie that was probably one of my favorite parts. Yeah, the part where the Gundam showed up. No. Because that's when I freaked out. <laughs> I actually got a little emotional. Like, we're sitting there and we're watching this one character not be a part of anything. And then you just, as soon as it dawned on me of what was happening, he's like, you know, I choose form of Gundam. And I'm like, he went and got the, the, the 
gloves thing from earlier in the movie and ah! And then he turned into a giant Gundam, which also was the original Gundam, and using the laser sword stuff, it was so cool! I was freaking out. I know. I'm just <laughs> shooting all of this out the window with I am so loud. I don't care. It was awesome as an anime fan to not expect anime in this movie. I like yeah, you saw Godzilla, you saw King Kong, you saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you saw like Hello Kitty and stuff. Like you saw a bunch of these things. Seeing 1980s original Gundam, 1970s original Gundam, however old it was, seeing the original first Gundam mech, I was not prepared for, and it made complete sense, and I loved every minute of it. All right, what was your part that you really enjoyed? <laughs> See, now you've never seen The Shining. <laughs> so let's actually take a minute to unpack this. I have never seen The Shining. I know what The Shining is. The minute they started they started talking about The Shining in the movie, I immediately went, Jackie's going to really like this part because she's getting her, her, her horror fix. Like, I, and then they start doing the thing. I recognize the beats that they did in the movie because of general pop culture. Mm-hmm. I recognize the twins. I recognize the the maze. I recognize the the blood coming out of the. I recognized all that. So I was so first off. This do you ever have one of those moments where you don't realize you're smiling until like you're like why are my cheeks kind of sore every time I look at Jared. Oh yeah. That I had that last night where I'm like my. You looked at Jared. Yes, I looked at Jared and I smiled. Aww. She's my fiance now. We know. <laughs> No, I'm I'm watching and I literally had that like oh my face is it's because I'm like I I, I didn't realize that I was smiling the detail like I'm talking like the picture mm-hmm. like that picture is in The Shining like the, the, the Fourth of July ball picture yeah at the end of the movie is that picture it's the Fourth of July ball from like the twenties. And it's a picture of Jack Nicholson standing there when he couldn't have been there because he wasn't alive. Right. It's crazy. But the detail. So the part when they go in the, when H goes into room 237 and the old lady in the tub mm-hmm. or the naked lady in the tub, I was like, dude, dude in the movie. So she's <laughs> naked. And in The Shining, you see naked. And then she slowly morphs into like, you know, the waterlogged zombie thing. Yeah. But I was like, are they, they're not going to. They're not going to show boobs. And I thought it was very funny the way that they like strategically placed H's hand yeah. to cover her yeah, as she's yeah, walking yeah. toward her way. Keep that PG-13 rating. But they, I mean, the, um, I mean, the detail was, it was spot on. Like yeah. side by side comparison. So they did a good job with that oh, entire well, I mean, it's industrial light and magic, so they're going to do a good job. Um, but it, I was blown away. The, the moment I saw the picture, I think that's the moment when my smile got the biggest because yeah. like I said, that. That's the picture from the movie, but they just put Halliday and his girl there in that picture. And then, like I said, like hearing the music, mm-hmm. the music was spot on. Mm-hmm. It's the same music. And I do like when they get into the ballroom and all these zombies are dancing. I was like, all right, we've ended that episode. You know, we've ended this portion of the movie. And one of the characters was like, okay, there, this is, this did not happen in The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> that part, the only other part that I think I liked more was like I said, it was it was the emotional part was toward the end. Spoiler alert: After Percival gets the egg, mm-hmm. 
He's literally standing in Halliday's childhood bedroom. Yeah. And that was just, it was very emotional. I'm sure that did struck a It did. Yeah. Like, it's very, like, I am a child of that era. Like, that was, like, my brother and I's room, you know? And, like, that my brother and I grew up playing Atari, Nintendo, you know, playing with WWF wrestling figures. Yeah. And, like, so there was that very emotional moment for me, especially with, like, Halliday, like, quote unquote dying and you know going on like so I had I had my little moment but like seeing that room like you know you look at you know when 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 people are like oh we're gonna have an 80s party and it's all like neon colors and bright. <laughs> you're like, like no, no that's not my no 80s. <laughs> the 80s were like mustard yellow and brown yeah. like let's it was shades of brown that's really what the 80s looked like and I don't know like there was just the majority of my notes honestly are a lot of the pop culture things. Mm-hmm. Like I love at one point somebody threw a weapon to the main characters yeah. and it was Chucky. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. I like the, the holy hand grenade. Uh, the holy well and I like that one of the other bombs was a mad ball. Yeah. And it was a mad ball that I owned. Yeah. It was the mummy mad ball. Yeah. And when I saw that, I'm literally like yeah. OMG in giant capital <laughs> letters, it's a mad ball. So I guess this does bring up the question. Was this a good movie or was it good because of all the pop culture that you could connect with? Was the story and the characters yeah. and all that stuff enough for it to be a solid film? Similar to, uh, let, like, let's let's take a look back at our last one with uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, right? We didn't have any source material. There wasn't. There weren't all these pop culture things and everything, but we really liked the story. We really liked the characters. We liked this. We liked that. Would this film be as hype as it is if not for the pop culture references? Like, where are we at with that? I would say that story-wise, it's a good story. Yeah. But the pop culture makes it great. Especially for somebody like me. Who, like I said, my excitement came from the nostalgia. Yeah. You know, everything that I saw. And I... I, I mean, oh my God, when they were talking about, like, at one point they were, like, playing an Atari game for a challenge, and yeah. when they talk about how Pitfall yeah. and the game hasn't yeah, ended, yeah, yeah. because nobody ever beats Pitfall, you just keep going, you just hop over the alligators, yep. and you swing on the vines, like, it's never ending. I, there was just so many things that, like, nostalgia to me is so much warm fuzzies, mm-hmm. and... I love the character of Halliday. I love that he Halliday was, was a really fun character. I love that he is clearly like like introverted to a T, probably on the spectrum, brilliant mind, mm-hmm. but like no social skills. Yeah. But you see how much he cares and how much he wants to. Yeah. But he just he doesn't have it. He doesn't know how to express it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know he just doesn't know how, really and it's like, job. oh god, I love that character so much. Yeah, he's and the cute. fact that I was, I knew nothing about this film really, like about who was in it, and the fact that Simon Pegg was in this movie. Yeah, I freaked out with that one. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Makes me so happy. I also love the, the 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 twist at the end where he he was the curator and gave him the he extra gave coin him and all. Life. That was so that was so good. There's so much about this movie that I really really liked, and I want to try to separate the pop culture and the nostalgia from the. Story. The story, I think, was really good. I have a tough time supporting our main hero, our main character. And I don't know if it's because of 
the way the actor did things or because the character was so engrossed in and obsessive like the only character trait we had about this guy was that he obsessed over Halliday right yes <laughs> there was one line that he said that actually took me out of the movie a little bit so there's a moment where uh, he is confronting the head guy of the of the uh, company and he's like you know you killed my mom's sister like could just say your, your aunt. aunt. Yeah. <laughs> like, shows you how much you care but about that. But you know that. what? No, he did call her, I think he called her Aunt Alice at yeah. one point. Or did he, he just he, call her Alice? I think, like, he referenced her as Aunt, I don't know if he actually called her Aunt Alice. I like, think, she yeah. Was, he, he lived there because his parents died. He yeah. really didn't like the guy that she I was feel a, like But he cared enough to tell to her try to, to get rid of the, the dead yeah. meat, you know? So. Yeah, I think that was just. Acting? <laughs> no, to me that just continues the theme of He doesn't want he's, to be part of the he's, real world. Yeah, he's alone in the real world. That's fair. Like he I get has that. a guardian, right. but she means nothing to him. And like I, he I means guess. nothing I just, to her. I, I just had a real tough time with it. That it, one, it was a weird way to do that. Like you yeah. killed my mom's sister. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's Hello. Weird. My name is Parsonville. You killed my mom's sister. Prepare to die. Prepare to die. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't have a lot of notes outside of outside mentioning of pop, culture. pop culture stuff. So, <laughs> we can move on if you don't have anything else on that. No, it was, I, it was I, a, can't, I can't wait to read the book. I'm honestly, so excited. Honestly, same. I really hope that, uh, like we said earlier, people who read the book, who then watched the movie, apparently didn't like the film. That's like a general understanding in right. the cosmos of the internet. But I'm really hoping that because I liked the film without having read the book, reading the book is amplified yes. for it. Like, yeah, I'm not going to get the twists. I'm not going to get the thing, the, the thing, but like reading the pop culture is going to be fun. Reading, getting to image, to, to imagine how things play out in my own mind is going to be a little fun. Like, you know, my brain going to the Gundam thing, my brain goes to uh, a different version of Gundam in my head. So it'll be fun to play that out in my head with that mm -hmm. version, as opposed to the original the original Gundam so yeah but it, it, the the movie was a lot of fun the the references were great I thought they did a really good job again it was overwhelming but also I never felt overwhelmed at any point I was excited the entire time yeah. to catch it all so yeah I have nothing more to really okay. so we are going to go to our top 10 movies because we have not covered 2018 two for two so here are your top ten grossing. Okay. Number one. Number one. Black Panther. I saw that film and it was fantastic. Such a good movie. Very good movie. Such a good movie. Number two. Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, that was the same year, huh? Yes, it was. Number three is The Incredibles Part 2. Never saw The Incredibles Part 2. I don't think I have either. I saw the first one. First one was great. I like the first one. Number four, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Jurassic World. Never saw it. Yeah, I know. Uh, number five, Deadpool 2. Saw that one. It was fun. I saw it recently. It wasn't bad. Yeah. like I mean, it's it, it's a, it, it, it suffers from sequelitis, but, you know. Number six, The Grinch. Oh, the, the animated, animated one. Animated yeah, with, the animated. Uh, with, uh, uh, Number seven, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. I haven't seen any of the new Jumanji stuff. I, I, I saw either. the original with Robin Williams. I'm yeah. like, this is a great, we're just going to leave it here. Love it. I don't think the 
that I would turn it off if it came on, but I don't know that I would act the new ones. I should say I do. I love the original. Um, I don't know that I would actively seek it out, but I don't know if I, I that I would turn it off because I do like The Rock and Kevin Hart. Um, I think they have a fun dynamic. Yeah, I love good things. I about love that. Jack Black. So my parents really like the new Jumanji stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, number eight, Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, I have never seen a Mission Impossible, so... I saw the first one, maybe the second mm -hmm. one. Uh, number nine, Ant-Man and the Wasp. That was another fun film. I really enjoyed that one as well. Did I watch that? I think I did. I don't remember. If I saw it, I saw it recently and I saw it once and... I think that was, you know what? I gotta say that like, maybe I didn't watch it because honestly, after um, Endgame... And then the last Spider-Man movie, um, no, way home. no Way Home, I really fell off the Marvel train. I'm like, the I story mean, wrapped up, I'm good, I don't really care about any of the other phases. But like, Ant-Man and the Wasp was part of before Endgame. It, what was, okay, then I then so, I did so, see so it. Ant-Man and the Wasp happens before, because this came out the same year as Infinity War, right? Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp ends with Ant-Man going into the quantum realm, which is how he's able to get out of then it Then I in did Endgame. see it. I oh. did see it. Yeah. I'm mixing it up with... Is there another Ant-Man? Just came out. That's the one I didn't say. Okay. That's what I'm mixing it Quantum up with. Quantumania. Sure. Uh, and finally, number 10, a movie that I didn't see and probably won't see, Solo, a Star Wars movie. I haven't seen it. not going to see it. I'm very bitter that a couple of the movies that I know for a fact I've seen in 2018 were not on the top 10 list. That absolutely should have been. So what were you watching in 2018? Number one, I was watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So was I. And th that movie is amazing. I, 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 how is this not in the top ten? How is it not in the top ten? It's so good. Fine. It's animated. Guess what, people? Animation can be amazing for adults, too. Incredibles 2 is on here, and that's animated. That's only on there because it's Disney Pixar. The Grinch... That's because it's Christmas. <laughs> I agree. I have that listed as well. That that's one of the movies that I was watching. Uh, yeah, I was I was in watching I was watching Spider Man and Spider Verse because it was great. Uh, I'm looking at the list of movies and uh, like a lot of them I recognize as being like, oh yeah, that did come out then, but I haven't watched them. Um, so I was watching. I went to see Bohemian Rhapsody. Was that any good? I liked it. I wanted to see it and then just never did. No, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. Um, the Nun, one of the the Conjuring universe movies in her solo, her solo movie. You're so mad about it. Um, also in the horror adjacent category is Hereditary. Um, that was pretty good. And then there is a documentary that I saw that came out this year. Um, in the or in 2018, I should say, it's called Three Identical Strangers. Have you seen it or heard of it? No. Oh my god! So it's a documentary um, about this guy who um, goes to college, and when he gets on the campus, everybody's talking to him like they're his friend, mm -hmm. and it finally comes out like, dude, you look exactly like a guy we know. We thought you were this other guy, so he finally gets to meet the other guy. They're twins. Oh. Like, they're, and like, they're like, holy crap, they're identical twins. Okay. They end up having a story in the newspaper about these twins that never met that ended up at the same college and now they've met and holy crap. So somebody's reading the paper and goes, huh, that looks a lot like me. 
There's a triplet? They're triplets. Wow. They were triplets that were separated at birth wow. and didn't meet until they were young adults. They were all over the news. Like, they did, like, Donahue and this all these a talk shows. Yes, I absolutely. Feel like, I feel like I remember this. Absolutely real. It was an amazing documentary. Like, okay. it was, It's it's got a sad part, I will tell you that. Somebody dies. Somebody dies. Oh. But it is an absolutely phenomenal documentary, okay. especially... When the the three, the triplets are talking about them meeting. Mm -hmm. And like they ended up, you know, I think they did like DNA or whatever. And they ended up finding the adoption agency. But yeah. And and it's crazy. Like they all smoke the same cigarettes. They all sit the same way. They date the same kind of girls. Like it's, it's creepy to see. I mean, these are people that did not grow up together. They literally met in their like, I think very, very late teens, early 20s. And when you look at them, like, there's no, like, oh, you guys are twins, aren't you? Yeah. Like, no. Like, they it, are, they the are legitimately person. identical. Wow. So I highly, highly recommend, if you have not seen Three Identical Strangers, it is probably one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Okay. I really liked it. So moving on to pop culture. I feel like there's another movie that you saw in 2018. Quiet Place? I didn't see that when it came out. Uh, it, I did. I waited for it to come out... Um, to rent because I didn't want to go to the movie theater because I, I knew that there was not a lot of dialogue and I didn't want to hear people like chewing popcorn or whatever. Right. So I'm like, I want to watch this in the comfort of my own home. So I don't know okay. that I watched that in 2018. Okay, fair. So here's your pop culture. Um, big news. Meghan Markle marries Prince Harry. Huh. Yeah. And then their hilarity ensued. Um <laughs> Also, very cool in horror movie news, Jordan Peele wins an Oscar for Best Screenplay for Get Out. Okay, cool. Horror is often overlooked at the Oscars. Yeah. Um, so the so fact that he got it. Is... The fact that he got it, he was also the first person of color to get a screenplay. Yeah. Like, it was it was big on so many fronts that Jordan I Peele won that, this. Sir. That's and Jordan awesome. Peele is fucking amazing. I love also hilarious. everything. Yeah. And he's, he's just so freaking talented. Everything he does. 2018 was the year that the kids started needing Tide Pods. <laughs> yeah, that phenomenon, whether it was real or not real, or they actually, I don't know. But People this, call my generation This the was the first mention of kids eating Tide Pods. <laughs> Why? That's hilarious. Yeah. I like, I remember that being a thing. I just hadn't. It's it's just in the brain of yeah. like it's it it happened. Yeah. Where in the timeline? No clue. I just know it happened. Um, my my last two notes are very specific. One very specific for me. One very specific for you. Uh huh. Um, September twenty fourth, twenty eighteen, the world was introduced to gritty, the new <laughs> mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers. I remember exactly how the how this all played out. It was because I remember watching it on Twitter because uh -huh. it was a big deal, and I remember everybody and their mother uh, being like, "What is this nightmare fueled Muppet?" And, yep. And then and then. The next day, the world caught wind of Gritty, and the world went, what is this nightmare-induced Muppet? And everybody in Philadelphia, who the day before said, you know, Muppet, yeah. they, they were like, you can't say that. That's our thing. Well, only we can say that thing. You can't hate this thing because yeah. it's my thing. You can't. No. And then Fuck everybody. You, kill you. And everybody. Kill you. 
I like killing. Listen, you. the fact that there are people out there who support the the New Jersey Devils, but they actually really love gritty over over that. Like, oh, I know multiple people that are not Philadelphia Flyers fans, but love gritty, but fucking love gritty. Well, he's he has become. Like the he's become an icon. He has on become an icon. Levels. Yes, absolutely. At one point, you know, uh, he became kind of the symbol of uh, of like the left movement of mm-hmm. you know inclusivity yeah. and LGBTQ and yeah. all that. Like he just stands for everything good in the so world. So many, things. and he looks. Horrific, but you know what? He's our fucking monster. He is so, our nightmare-induced yeah, monster. He really is. He really is, and uh, I will fight people. I will fight anybody. Um, I will take a bullet for gritty. I will take a bullet for gritty. Uh, uh, and so my final note in 2018. Wait, that one was for me or for you? That one was for me. Oh wow, okay. So for you. Oh man. 2018, ladies and gentlemen, your Super Bowl champions. The Philadelphia Eagles! <laughs> I could not put that in my notes of 2018. You know, I really didn't think you were going to because, like, you know, like... Come on, dude! <laughs> a, best friend. Thank B, you. it's 2018. It's a huge deal. Like, you get to, in your lifetime, see your absolute favorite team win the top prize of it all. Like, you got to see it. Gosh, like, like let, let's... I don't think people understand just how monumentous of a moment that was for me in my life because there so much led up to it, so many things. Like I'm not gonna sit here and, and gush about it. Yes, I am. So so uh, let let's recap here for a little bit. Uh, my grandfather has been going to every single Eagles game since 1966. My dad started joining him in 1977. Yeah, I'm gonna talk really quick because I don't want it to take forever. Uh, between the two of them, over the course of, of uh, 40 years, 50 years for my grandfather, 40 years total for my dad, so the to- two of them were 40 years, between the two of them, they could count on one hand how many games they missed. Three of them were because of vacations that my dad took to vacate uh, at uh, Disney World. One was because of grandpa being sick, and one was because I was born. So, way to go me, I ruined the trend. Anyway, fast forward, grandpa hits 50 years and he goes, okay, I'm done, I'm done going to these games. AJ, you get to take the games from now on. You're going to the games with dad, with your dad, they're yours. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. This is this is a big, big, big deal because I grew up watching grandma, grandpa and dad go out to the Eagles games. <gasps> I also started dating Jerry that year, which was a major thing for me. Like, that was a huge thing. I had always said for years that if we, she and I ever got together, we'd have a really great ride. And guess what? We do. It's a great relationship, and I love her to death. Anyway, watched the Eagles go through that entire year, and it was amazing because it was lightning in the bottle. We watched them play amazingly. Carson Wentz goes down. Nick Foles steps in, and in those last few games of the regular season, we're like, oh, no, are we going to make it? And guess what? Nick Foles steps up, and he wrecks house. Every single team that we went up against in the playoffs, everybody's like, you're going to lose that because the Eagles are, are trash now without they don't have Carson Wentz. And guess what? We were the underdogs in every single game. And guess what? We beat everybody, including Tom Brady, in the best performance of a quarterback in a Super Bowl to date with over 500 yards. And, oh. and watching that game with my dad and my grandfather at my grandfather's house, the three of us standing at the end, in complete silence, not knowing if it was real or not, and just silent hugging each other will live forever in my memory. So yes, 2018 February was a major moment for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm going to have fun editing this one. <laughs>
Yeah. I when I was looking up stuff, I it was actually when I was writing down the stuff about gritty. Well, that's when I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, wasn't 2018 when the uh, Eagles won the Super Bowl? I'm like, I would be remiss in my duties as your bestie if I did not bring up the fact that the that. Eagles won. Well, no, because I, I mean, I enjoy Philadelphia sports. Obviously, the Flyers are my number one team. Yeah. Like, I remember when, when the Phillies won the World, uh, Series, the World Series. It was a big deal because yeah. I really like the Phillies. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I love the Phillies, no. but I really like the Phillies. Did I watch with excitement? Absolutely, that whole season. Like, did I cry? A million percent. I will never forget seeing, was it Brad Lynch? Yeah. You know, making that final pitch, dropping to his knees, and oh my God, I'm not remembering their names all of a sudden. Chooch come running up and giving him a big hug. And like, yeah, like I just, you know, like I just, I can see that whole dog pile of guys, and I I just remember, you know, but I, Obviously, have not had the experience in my lifetime as of yet to see the Flyers win the Stanley Cup. I hope for your sake that you get to have something like I did. We were close in 2010. I, I remember. I mean, we were in the oh, finals. Oh, gosh, I remember. Um, fuck Chicago. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, we, we'll, we'll see. I've, I've got my fingers crossed. We have made some very good acquisitions in the offseason. I am very excited for the coming Flyers season, but but yeah, like I can't I can't imagine. I mean, the only thing that I'm gonna know akin to that is when the Flyers win the Stanley Cup. And Cop. again, I hope that it happens to you. Because <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Quite the magical moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never gonna let that one go. Of course not. You know what else is a magical moment? What? Getting ice cream after recording this episode. <gasps> So we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us on your favorite podcasting app. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Go watch Ready Player One. Go read Watch Ready Player One. And check us out next time. We'll see you later. We're going to go get ice cream, okay? Bye! Pump up the jam. Pump it up. Why your feet are stumping. And the jam is pumping. Look ahead. The crowd is